0: Hi, I'm Mackenzie and this is The Mill Spouse Brief. Happy Friday, I hope you guys had a wonderful week. Our week was really busy. I had work almost like every, actually I had work every day this week, which was nice to finally be back in the office every day, even though it's kind of been like, not difficult but like interesting to adjust to going into the office every single day. It actually has been really nice to one see my coworkers. I felt like we kind of got into a really good routine which was really nice. Kate had a super busy week with work uh, when I used to do the job that he's doing now with my dad. We called it hell week and so it's just when you have so many counties that need to get their ballots set up um, before UACAVA, which is like when the military ballots have to go out because I think you have to give them like forty-five days from the election to be able to vote, and so all the counties get their ballots finalized and then have to get them set up so they can send them out by a specific date. So it can get a little stressful. And then in Ohio, the secretary of the yeah secretary of state um, changed. Something and allowed the like someone to be added to the ballot and because of that then everyone had to redo their ballots. so the people that kind of got set up early and had their stuff ready they had to be reset up so it kind of has been stressful but it's been a really good learning opportunity for Cade and so it's been fun to. Help him, you know, I loved doing the job with my dad and I was really sad to go and so it was, it's been fun to kind of get my toes wet again and help Cade and talk to customers and things like that in my downtime when I get home from work in the evenings and our grandparents or my grandparents, excuse me, are coming tomorrow So I'm really excited to spend the weekend with them and I feel like it will be super fun. I have some fun things planned to explore Norfolk and just hang out with them before they go up north to DC. And it's actually getting really close to when I go to DC so that will be really exciting and super fun for that. I talked about it last week but we went to a concert on Saturday and it was amazing. If you haven't heard of Zach Bryan, please check him out. He is the best, and it was totally worth all the traffic and the drive. It was a super fun night, and I'm really grateful that Kate and I were able to make these memories. I was talking to a friend this week on the phone and, you know, kind of talking about adjusting to Norfolk and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things I was talking about was that it's kind of been hard to not really have a community here yet in Norfolk, you know, because we had such an amazing community in California, and it was really hard to leave that community that we had. But I talked about how I feel like right now the season is really to like focus on Kate and I and like pour into our relationship, especially since I have so many, you know, like underways and deployments coming up and I'll be gone. And so I am really grateful that Kate and I have been able to have so much time together and really strengthen our foundation and our relationship. And I feel like that is what I'm focusing on in the sense of like what season of life I'm in. So as much as I'm sometimes a little sad that I don't have like a community or like a girl group here yet in Norfolk, I definitely am excited that I have gotten to have so much time with Kate and to make memories with him and to grow our relationship and so it's been really fun just because almost all the time we've ever been together is long distance and the future will continue to be long distance so I am very grateful that I have this time with him and I feel like our house is pretty much almost completely done and set up, so it's been really nice to get that finished, and today on the podcast, we have Malcolm Clinton, and he was my candy at OCS, and so he was gracious enough to come on and talk about his experience being enlisted, and then how he switched to the officer route, and what he did, and what he learned, and it was a great conversation, so I really hope you enjoy it. Um, I I'm so grateful for the podcast and I feel like when I was talking to my friend about the community, I realized that the podcast was something that truly allowed me to grow my community and really start it Um, when I thought back to like how I met all of my friends when I was in California. So I am really excited to continue to be doing it in Norfolk and I feel like when I go up to D.C. and do my schoolhouse, I'll be able to meet so many different people from different branches because it's a joint school and so it'll be really cool to get to know people from different branches and hopefully interview them so i'm really excited about that and without further ado here is malcolm clinton all right so i'm here with malcolm how about you introduce yourself
1: all right so good day Uh, my name is malcolm j clinton uh, I'm an incident in the United States Navy. Um, I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas. Which okay. Is, San Antonio. Yeah. Southern United States. Um, I joined the Navy at 17 out of San Antonio. I joined as an aviation boost and mate fueler, so I wore purple on the flight deck. So um, what
0: are, like, what's the difference between purple and like yellow or green or you know, top gun? Uh, okay. So real
1: <laughs> real quick crash course into that. Uh, green is equipment as well as maintainers for the air squadron. Okay. Uh, red is crash and salvage as well as ordnance. Uh, blue is chuck and chain, so they tie down the aircraft. Yellow is flight deck cheerleaders, really, but uh, they direct the aircraft. And they so also like, the guys yeah. in the
0: top gun are like,
1: and Drop to the deck. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you got purple, which is just fuel and stuff like that. Okay. So. That was my primary job when I first joined the Navy. Long is that ago.
0: what you chose? Like, did you want to do that? Or was that kind of like the list that the recruiter put in front of you and was like, this is going to be a great job? Uh,
1: so, yeah, it's actually, it's, I'm one of those classic stories where the recruiter kind of got, her, got it over on me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I wanted to be a firefighter in the Navy, and I was always told that everybody in the Navy is a firefighter, so it didn't really matter, you know? So, I wanted to be a DC man. Well, when I went and took the test and all that stuff, scores were fine, nothing wrong with that, but they were like, oh, well, DC isn't available, but you mean ABF? And I was like, oh. F has to mean has to mean firefighter, you know.
0: <laughs> and he was like,
1: "Yeah, absolutely." It well, come to fun. find out, come to find out when I get to the ship and they start training me, that as a somebody who works with fuel all day and is probably soaked with fuel all day, I will never fight the fire.
0: Oh, because so, you catch on fire.
1: Yeah, that was a.
0: That's tough. So how was that? Like, you um, know, like did you end up loving it, or was oh, it like, yeah, dang, this is tough? Like, this is not what I wanted.
1: No, it's an amazing, amazing community. I honestly am glad I went ABF versus some of the others because. Just like the sense of camaraderie we had in like the tight-knit group and like, hey, you mess with our guys, we're going to mess with you kind of thing. Like, Just something about being a purple shirt that, I don't know, everybody loves grapes. It's just a little That's things.
0: so cool. So where all did you, if you're obviously always on an aircraft carrier?
1: Uh, no. So my first two ships were um, LHD, so I was on LHD2, USS Essex out of Sasabaj, Japan. Oh, wow. And then in 2012, we did the whole swap with uh, USS Bonhomme Richard, LHD6, RIP, Um <laughs> And then after that, I went to Virginia uh, to CVN-69 USS Eisenhower. Okay. And after that, I went to NASS2, uh Yakuska in Yakuska, Japan.
0: Wow. Where I worked at the
1: fuel terminal. So, yeah.
0: That's so cool. See, because like, I would have assumed that you always had to be in a carrier, but there's so many other places and things that you could
1: yeah, B. basically anything that can carry aircraft for any amount of time we can get stationed on there. So like the two USNS uh, hospital ships we have, yeah. we have ABFs on those, um, LSDs, LPDs, LHAs, carriers. Wow.
0: What was it like living in Japan? Oh god,
1: it was amazing.
0: Did you like it? There
1: was nothing I didn't like about living in Japan.
0: And you went to Sasebo and Yokosuka. Mm-hmm. Which one was better?
1: Um, hmm, tough question. Uh, I like Sapporo because it was really small. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like literally in the middle of nowhere, and there's a lot of nice mountains and forests, and you know, hiking and stuff like that to get outside. Um, in fact, they shot the opening to *The Last Samurai* out there on one of the islands. It's really pretty. Oh wow! Uh, but Yakusuka is super close to Tokyo. You know, you're about 45 minutes to go to Tokyo and do all that. So, kind of pick your flavor of the week.
0: to go see. Wow. Okay, yeah. so how long were you enlisted? Oh god,
1: uh, too damn long. <laughs> Uh, nine years, seven months, and, like, 15 days.
0: <laughs> okay, so what, explain your thought process of, like, hey, I want to go officer.
1: Like, the whole process? Just,
0: like, what Like what made you decide that you wanted to do that?
1: <sighs> um, baseline, like, on the very edge of the surface, I just knew, in the best way of saying, I deserved more than being enlisted. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just, quote, unquote, too smart for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, when you get, like, deeper into it, it was a lot of spite, a lot of... People who told me it wasn't gonna happen, like I wasn't gonna amount to anything, it was a statistic, XYZ, you know? Yeah. So, so you
0: really wanted to like prove them wrong? Exactly, yeah. Uh and you did?
1: Yeah, I definitely did. <laughs> as long as it took, yeah, I pulled it off. So
0: Um, okay, so you started in your package and you're a service warfare officer. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to do that designator?
1: Um, okay, we gotta back that a little here. Okay, so I actually got out of the Navy for a year and some change in 2020 Okay. Um, because the one bad side of uh, being an ABF was that advancement to first class was almost impossible. Okay. Um, the last time I took first the test to make first class, uh, we had made, I think, two ABF1s out of like 300 and however many people took the test. Oh my
0: goodness. So like it was
1: impossible. And yeah. so in my head... I'd already been taking uh, college classes because I was in uh, shore duty. In my head, it was easier to get out of the Navy, finish my six classes I needed to finish, and then come back in through OCS than it was to make first class. Now, luckily, it worked out like that, but, like, yeah, that was that was the way I did it. So And
0: I, it's interesting, like, as I've been a military spouse and, like, become a naval officer and all that kind of stuff, how interesting promotions are depending on the community. Yeah. It's been wild to me to see somebody make first class in less than seven years and have some people barely make first class for 15 years. Exactly. Like, that's just wild to me. And it's, you can look at their package and they're, they're not identical, but they're close. You know, like there's not some huge difference Mm -hmm. you know and so it's just so interesting to me like how the advancement rates are so different depending on the ratings like that's just kind of crazy to me to like even kind of wrap my brain around because you talk to so many people and that's why they get out that's why they they leave because they're like why would i stay here why would i continue to do all of this and struggle not get paid more and not have more responsibility
1: and that's one of those things that I think um, needs to be talked about a lot, especially when we're talking about, like, Big Navy and how they, like, condone – or not condone, but, like, how they conduct their business is that what you just said. Some communities, like you said, they'll make chief in, like, seven years. And I'm like, how? But, you know, here I've been in for seven years and I'm barely picking up third, you know. I yeah. made it faster than that, but still. Like, a really good friend of mine, um, he's been in for going on almost 12 years now, and if he doesn't make – first class in the next three cycles that he's getting higher tenure now. Yeah. And he's a great sailor. Nothing wrong with him whatsoever, but because of the way we have it structured and the way evals are made and XYZ for the enlisted side of the house, it's almost impossible for these people to continue their naval career because of the way we have.
0: And it's interesting. So I was on the DIVO course last week. Okay. And we did – uh, an exercise about evals, you know, and learning about them and ranking them and how we do all that kind of stuff. And what was really interesting is like talking to you know, we had a, I think we had a first, we had an E5, yeah, we did, we, it was an HM2, mm-hmm. and they were about to be high tenure. That's a hard one, yeah. You know, HM. mm-hmm. and, you know, like my first thought was like, his eval was great, like, why are we not promoting, you know? And then one of the sailors, who's actually a Mustang, was like, well, are we a sympathy board? And so it was so interesting to like (laughs) see and understand that because it's so hard, you know, like you have a sailor and then it's like, oh, well, why would you promote them? And maybe they're a bad test taker. And I don't know, the dynamic is so complex that I did not realize true. And like, it really makes or breaks who's on the board and it makes and breaks like who wrote your eval, you know? Like, and so I don't know, I... That was something that has really shocked me in this last, like, couple months learning about this and, like, writing evaluations for my sailors and, like, truly, like, what you have to put into them. And it kind of, like, it it makes me sad because, like you said, you're going to have people that leave the Navy and have a bitter taste in their mouth because it's almost like a failed system.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just on a fundamental level, I just – that's why, like you said, it's so important that you, like, really – Put all that you got in these evils because their life is literally on a piece of paper for you. And if you cross the T or X and I or whatever the hell they say, like you know, you could have just thrown their entire chances of promoting out the window. And it's
0: because that's what he said. But he also told me that when we were looking through them, that if you take someone that has an EP, which means early promote for people listening, and you don't continue to put them as an early promote, and you drop them down to a must promote. Is that what MP stands for?
1: Yes, must promote.
0: Yeah. That, that can take three years <laughs> to, like, not wipe off there, but, like, three years to, like, overcome getting dropped from an EP to an MP. Yeah. And so that's what, like, I'm just like, ah! Like, and I, I just, it, it blew my mind.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot.
0: Okay, so. Yeah. Fast that's... forward. You decide you want to be a SWO. Yeah, okay, so. You do your package.
1: Yeah, again, swell, huh?
0: What Yeah, so what made you choose SWO?
1: Uh, it was kind of, um, man. It might hurt the community a little. While I hear it. it was kind of like a last, like resort, quote unquote. It was like my safety. Um, I wanted to be a pilot. You know, uh, I worked in the aviation field uh, when I was enlisted. Um, I could fly planes. I'm an aeronautical engineer. Like I ever, as far as like paper goes, everything about my naval career and where I wanted to go in life was aviation. Mm-hmm. And so I applied the first time and I put nothing but pilot, and they were like, nah. I was like, okay. Uh, second time was like pilot, NFO, AMD. Or they were like, nah. I was like, hmm. Tried it again, same three. I was like, God, okay, what's going on? They just were not picking me up. And so I was like, okay, pilot, NFO, AMDO. And just because I was at that point where I'd already been out for about a year and some change, I was like, I just need to get back into the Navy. I put surface warfare because it's just a catch-all. And as soon as I put surface warfare, they were like, okay, yeah, let's go. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. I don't, okay, cool, let's go. And so, uh, yeah. And then... um, December no January of this year I showed up at OCS and uh
0: all right so let's talk yeah. about that <laughs> so talk about your experience to OCS and then once we get to Candio we'll talk about what it was like being over my class okay so you get to OCS in January
1: so yeah I show up uh, January 1st literally the first thing I do of this year like literally the <laughs> first thing uh I show up and I'm there for like 54 seconds and they're like hey bud you got COVID Oh. Go, to, go to ROM. And I was like, oh, no. And so they throw me in a room for two and a half weeks. And uh, yeah, so I missed my like class date. So I was so originally... you going to be part of what? Zero, eight. Zero 08 I was okay. originally part of zero eight. Okay. And uh, so I immediately, quote unquote, rolled for and that. And did a lot of people there was... COVID? Because we
0: had like, what, 15 people in my class that rolled for COVID. Yeah,
1: there was six of us. Okay. Yeah, there were six of us that rolled for COVID. And so I did that whole thing. And then I went through age and I classed up and all that stuff. And then, uh, I crossed up with zero nine and, uh, yeah. So I went there first Friday and they got me for first Friday. Gotcha. And so I rolled again. And so I was like, okay, cool. And then I just took that time to kind of like work on myself and like get my head right and stuff like that. How did fun. you,
0: cause as our candido you were so motivating. You were so helpful. You had the best advice. You were full of wisdom. So like, how did you take because you see people in H, which mm-hmm. is holding company at OCS, you see people become their worst enemy, you know? Right. Go internal. So how did you stay positive? How did you keep pushing? How did you say like, all right, this is time for me to work on myself versus like, how am I going through this? I'm a freaking prior.
1: Um, so shout out to my boy Hughes, man, uh, if he's listening. <laughs> uh, he was the uh, CEO of H at the time. He'd been down there for like 15 weeks when I went down there the second Why? time. It was just this whole long thing. Um, and he had that. I had. A, he had that great mindset of like, you know, you're down here and it sucks, yeah. But like, you're still here. Mm-hmm. Like, as long as you're here and not on your, you know, plane ride home, then you still have a chance. So yeah. you could sit there and like feel sorry for yourself and you know, feel bad about it and stuff like that. But like you're given the opportunity to be here so utilize it and so once you get through that that first little minute and a half of like damn this sucks you know Mm -hmm. i gotta be here for three more weeks uh, blah 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 it gets better and like honestly we were kind of hugged in H. like we got to go work out we got to go do you know the pool stuff and like they trained us so by the time i actually classed up with the class i was supposed to be with one zero shout out to those guys (laughs) um i was so ready for it that like nothing was gonna like stand in my way. And then a lot of it is like again the support system. The other guys that rolled with me from 09 like Maurice Carmichael, Mattingly, O'Harner yeah. and all those guys. You know. Like they really we kind of stuck together and were like look we're in this together so we're gonna get through this. So.
0: And that was something I saw that was really cool. Um, whether you were age or you started with like your original class like by the end of it you really build some tough strong friendships and it's really cool. Yeah you know? it like is. It, it's, it's just awesome to... experience
1: so I'm pretty sure I'm almost 100% positive I said it a couple times to y'all's class but the whole you know I've come this far I can go a little bit further that's something Hugh said every single night at quarters in Mm -hmm. age and like I know a lot of people said oh it's hallmark as hell but like dude that little that that little thing like got me through a lot because they're absolutely right you've come this far you can go a little bit further a little bit further and so you're there so
0: oh that's cool do you know that I was actually supposed to be part of one zero what yeah so I was supposed to go (laughs) in February but because of Cade's orders, my orders, all that kind of stuff. I wrote, like, Big Navy a letter, right. and I just said, like, hey, this won't work. So if I that- go in February, my house will be, like, completely empty for months because of my husband's field mm. schedule. Can I please go in April? And they approved it the next day. My huh. recruiter was like, I've never seen something like this go through. Yeah. This and so is- that's why I ended up being part of 1-3.
1: So it's easy to win before you're in the Navy. <laughs> Once you're in the Navy, it's impossible to be in
0: the Um... But okay, so you get there, yeah. and explain your thought process on picking your out job.
1: Oh damn, yeah, are going right to that.
0: Or do you want to do want to oh, talk I about so, anything? I have so much to say. Do you want to talk about anything? Yeah,
1: about? so like you're back to say about that whole like impressive OCS like, in the moment I thought like OCS was like an absolute madhouse, like it was just crazy and unruly and just like a godless wasteland you know but like looking back i think ocs is probably one of the best courses the navy has to offer mm-hmm. because it does so much in sh- such a short amount of time yeah and like they say it all the time in ocs like we just want to get the best product to the fleet you know like mission of the navy blah, blah, yeah. blah. you know and they're absolutely right because like a lot of the ocs guys coming out or girls and guys and girls coming out um in my opinion are a little bit on the edge than like the academy people which is crazy because they've been there for four years yeah. whereas we've only been there for 13 weeks but
0: so talk about what it was like being a prior oh yeah like cause in my mind like becoming in as a civilian priors had so much knowledge yeah like almost all of my friends were priors yeah because I was like you guys are just so knowledgeable uh, but at the same time like at OCS I felt and like you probably experienced it that you kind of have a target on your back, exactly. Especially, like I feel like when you're in indoc, the only way they're going to have your prior is if you have your old camis that right. have your pin on them. Oh no, they okay? know.
1: They know immediately.
0: Or then you start wearing cam or khakis, right? And all of a sudden you stick out right. like a sore thumb because all of a sudden you don't just have one small tiny little ribbon; you have ten, and you have a pin, yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, and you know, then like for like Casper and all them, they have tridents you know like so like you know that's what I'm saying like how is it being a prior at OCS
1: out of everything that I had to go through at OCS I think me being a prior was one of the hardest things to overcome because like you just said it's a blessing and a curse because yes I'm prior I've been around the block more times than I could count I know like the I know the end goal, mm-hmm. so because when you know the end goal, like when you know like this is the ending of the movie, it's hard to enjoy the rest of the movie up until that point. Because I know like a lot of the stuff they're gonna tell you and teach us is like it's not nonsense, but it's just like, come on, man, really? This isn't the real Navy, exactly. And that mentality is what I think like holds a lot of Pirates back in OCS. Okay, they always say like, uh, you know, being a prior is gonna either make or break you. In my case, it made me because when I got to 1-0, I was so hyped to be part of that class to start training finally after being an H and stuff that I jumped right into it. I wanted yeah. to be CO. I, I was XO first, and I took over as CO. And then
0: Do you I know was, that
1: I was CO? I did. Yeah, did I heard. Yeah.
0: I was shook. I literally <laughs> looked at my chief, and I said, is there a mistake? <laughs> and then uh, Lieutenant W said, no, we just thought you were flying under the radar too much. And I was like, that was my plan. My yeah. plan was to fly under the radar.
1: Exactly. They find out. <laughs> but you you have all that knowledge and you want to like utilize it. You want to utilize it. You want to help and you just want to like save everybody. But then there's that moment of realization when you like understand that you can't do all these things for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you start to like kind of ease back and you're just like, damn, like I can't. And so like when something goes wrong, when something happens, the immediate response is like, we've got to ask a prior. And so they like scramble to find you and they're bothering you when you're trying to work on your things. When like, you know, it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot of pressure because you're held to a higher expectation without being held to a higher expectation yeah and so yeah I, yeah they know they know who the priors are they know a mile away because when i was in 09 i was getting uh fit for my cover uh they were like you're that prior abf aren't you and i was like i hadn't talked to them like in my class team at all but they already knew i didn't have wow. to say anything and so yeah but uh yeah it's just it's, it's difficult it's difficult to unlearn everything that you've learned for literal years. You're Especially so like
0: being in the freight. fleet for so long. Exactly. And having like real fleet experience.
1: Like these these rates, these priors that are like on shore facilities all the time, like your prior, and no, no disrespect to anybody, but like, you know, you know they've been on a base their whole career, you know, they've never been on a ship or stuff like that. And you know they come in, it's a little easier for them because like when you're living like on a base or something, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I can do this, right? But when you're like on a ship and you're so set in your habits on like, how you speak to like the chain of command because when you're operational underway, like a lot different. of that formality goes out the window. Yeah. You just don't have time for it. You know, um, it's hard to unlearn. Like I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how many times I've almost called chief Igwe chief before we were jocks. Like almost every damn day I'd be like, Shh, sir, you yeah. know, and he knew cause he'd like always give me this look and it's just like, yeah, you know, my bad. But as soon as like we passed that phase, it was just like back to business as usual. And I think that's why, like, your chief, Chief Enfield, was always, like, really great with me because, you know, he knew I was a prior and he knew I knew that. Okay, nonsense. so talk
0: about what it was like. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Best and worst parts of OCS.
1: Okay. Best part, honestly, I think the food was great. <laughs> like, man.
0: You weren't there for the peanut butter recall.
1: There was a peanut butter recall?
0: Yeah. Oof. We went almost three weeks without peanut butter. Oh,
1: my God, no peanut butter. Whatever will they do? No. Um... It's,
0: it's tough. it's real tough I'm not even kidding I I had a peanut butter and banana sandwich every single day from weeks one to week six wow three times a day or yeah three times a day it was rough
1: no no, honestly the best part about OCS just um overall experience just like making all the great friends and the Navy family and stuff like that like that's that's fun I love that part and then the worst part was just how malicious it felt like the staff could be at times for no apparent reason yeah like I know it wasn't personal, and they were just doing their job, but like sometimes you just like set there like, like ham on somebody. it's like they were screaming out something I had literally no idea what was going on. I was just like I literally just woke up. I haven't brushed my teeth yet like what is going on? you know
0: uh, side note, supply mm. school um, went to Nay for one of their assignments, and uh-huh. they messaged us, and they said, Fun fact, they break out eight hundred dollars thirty cases of peanut butter packets per day
1: Wow. Like
0: wow, isn't that crazy? But yeah, no. When we went out, when we didn't have peanut butter, um, you could read my letters and my emails. I emailed my family every single day about how badly I needed peanut butter and how much I was struggling without peanut butter. I was like, I can't do this. And like, and that's what was really hard because like, you know, the food sucks there some days, not all the time. Breakfast is amazing, but like dinner, dinner can be rough.
1: I just, oh, I just, man. it's <laughs> like I said, just the food was good. But it's funny because I think it's the same food they use on the ships. Just it's really? different. Just yeah.
0: tastes different. Okay, so now. Mm what was your thought process because when we were in docs i remember vividly how much everyone in, in doc staff said they wanted in doc staff so talk about your thought process of why you wanted to be on in doc staff because i remember saying they're going i will never be in doc staff. Yeah,
1: that's the general consensus so <laughs> something i've always mm, oh man why did i pick in doc staff oh god so yeah okay so like you said like that's the general consensus like People always say they're like, I don't want to do in staff because you're not going to sleep. And it's true. You're not. No. Like, it's just not something you're going to do. Which is like, people are like, oh, it's the last three weeks of training. Like, I kind of just want to coast and chill. It's like, no. I That's, didn't realize
0: that how badly you guys didn't sleep until I was in doc staff. And then I thought, well, if I have to wake them up at 4.30, that means I have to be up at, like, 3.45. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, like, and then I was, like, thinking about when you guys had taps on us, too. And I was like, they were there until we literally went to bed at 9 or mm-hmm. 10 sometimes. Mm-hmm. So then... On top of that, you guys weren't even getting back to King until probably ten fifteen. Mm-hmm. You stopped the shower. You're not going to bed until eleven. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, they really did yeah. not sleep."
1: Yeah, that's a thing. And so I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I chose Indoc staff because I knew it wasn't going to be easy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I've never ever ever been one to take the easy route for anything. Like if it's worth having, it's worth fighting for. You know what I mean?
0: That's another quote you would tell us.
1: And like um, I, I also thought about where could I make the biggest impact mm-hmm. and like. Motivate and like stuff like this. Induct. I mean, it's you're brand new. Your deer's in the headlight. Like I remember y'all showing up that day, and we're all just like, kind of just like, okay, this is our class. Did
0: like, it feel weird watching us come in, going, I can't believe I'm already a candio? Oh yeah,
1: like oh god, like me standing there, like, like when I was standing there and like checking y'all in, it was all also it was a cluster because like we yeah whatever that's besides <laughs> the point. Wasn't the most organized. No, and uh... I remember like watching y'all come in, and I'm sitting there looking, and I'm sitting there. It's kind of like a. Like, we're not evaluating you, but, like, we're in our head. We're kind of just, like, okay, like, this is going to be a problem. Yeah. Okay, they're already rolling their eyes. (laughs) Mm, Interesting. Like, we're kind of just, like, visually going over a bunch of stuff because we're, like, we're responsible for you. Like, you're our class.
0: So, what were your thoughts of uh, my class?
1: Uh, One of the biggest things that, like, really shook me, like, to my core, like, the first time is just how quickly y'all were listening. Like... You know, at that point, I'd seen, like, three other classes come in before you, including my own. And, like, like the fact, I remember it was either me or Van Larkin. We were telling y'all to do something, and, like, y'all just did it. And, like, that wasn't the expected response. We were expecting, like, people to like, kind of look around like, do what now? It was the step freeze. Step mm. freeze. And, like, y'all caught on, like, immediately and were like, this might be easier than we thought. <laughs> you know? And so just... Y'all, y'all acted like you wanted to be there, Mm -hmm. and for me that motivated the hell out of me because I felt like okay, I can work with this, Mm -hmm. versus like other classes where it's like they're all like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, let me just not, you know, and no, y'all's class was great, man. Stressful but great.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what? So you know, like we're going through in doc, and you're watching us do. First Friday, and Fast Cruise, and RLP, you know, like, what was that like watching our class, and what did you think? and?
1: So, you lived you live through RLP, and you lived through uh, Fast Cruise, and First Friday, and you're like, okay, I lived through it. But, like, being on that side of the fence is completely it's different. It's wild. Like, what really messed me up about First Friday was, I remember standing there, and, like, and they were like, you know, giving you the whole spiel about an officer does not lunch you. you know, the freaking yeah. DI uh, Guerrero was, uh, was doing it, and like behind y'all, y'all were facing force. you didn't see it. They Every just... DI was just like edging, like just like waiting to find You know pounce. what they
0: started doing? Oh my God, they started doing it in K, mm-hmm. and everyone comes in, and it's just the class team. And what they do is they had all the staff come out from behind that blue tarp, yeah, and so you watch them literally crawl out, yeah, and all of a sudden. They get told to stand up and shake out, and then you, they look around, and they just – everyone just goes, hey, I'm yeah. on them. And I was like, ah!
1: <laughs> like, I cannot tell you how – it was literally like watching National Geographic. Like, <laughs> just a lion pride about to just go, and I'm just sitting there like, whoa. You know, like, this is not – and then, yeah, you all did the damn thing. And then uh, Fast Cruise – I didn't really get to see Fast Cruise as well as I uh, would have liked to because I was just a road guard on the side. and I was just standing oh, there, okay. and I was freezing. And so I was just kind of like... Fast
0: cruise, I feel like, was my hardest evolution that I had to go through. Yeah. Running with the sea bag... We weren't even running, but whatever we were doing with that sea bag, it really killed me. Yeah.
1: That was the... I think as a candy for any class, I think that's the hardest part is that you know what's coming, but we can't tell you what's coming. Yeah. And so you try to get real creative on all these different ways that you can kind of be like, hey... Try to do this. Yeah, hey, pinwheeling's important. Mm -hmm. You know, and stuff like that or whatever. And yeah, and then RLP...
0: Wait, real quick with fast cruise, you wanna know what happened with me? So we're running up that hill and that hill bout kills me, you know? Everything. Um, and so we're running and they're like, Close the gap and I was like so stressed about closing the gap because I was like, if I don't close the gap they're gonna pull me. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden we're running. And Gunnery Sergeant Greenfield Bathaya. The milk man pulls me out of the line and I'm like oh no I'm like no 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 looks at like the group of like 10 boys behind me and he goes sprint and close the gap and so I'm like running with him like while my class and I'm like no like I tried so hard like we're right are like we're almost to minutes mm-hmm. pulls me out they close the gap he shoves me back in line and he's like finish and I was like yes sir yeah <laughs> which I really appreciate because I truly was giving it my all and I think he realized like if I can just have these boys close the gap and throw it back in there. So I was like, shout out to you, gonna return to Greenville Bethea, I appreciate
1: you. <laughs> and, and I think that's like, you know, it says a lot about the way OCS is structured, like nobody is there to fail you. Yeah, They're just trying to get you to be better. And if you're putting forth the effort and like trying and stuff like that, like you're gonna be fine. That's like, what I told my
0: indocs docs was I said, they, and, and I talked to the staff about this one day. They said, like, we realize that sometimes what we ask of you is unattainable.
1: 100%.
0: But if we see that you're giving it your all, that's all we care about. And so it was interesting because the class after us, it was 1-4, I think it was, 1-4, 1-5. They had 25 people roll for First Friday. Because their candio said, don't give out. Don't put out. Like, reserve some. And so the staff just were watching people just, like... Stop. Like, just... Just almost chill during yeah. the first Friday. So they had 25 people get pulled. I think it was, I, don't quote me on that number, but it was, it was, a, it was a high number. That's a mental. And they were like, and they got on the candios because the candios were like, don't put out. And so then the staff members went back to the candios and they're like, why in the world would you ever give the advice to not put out? Hmm. And so that's when I was like, you have to put out. Yeah. You have to literally give until you're completely yeah. empty.
1: They say that whenever you can't give any more, you still got 50%. Yeah.
0: But so that was what like was really interesting.
1: Uh, but yeah, that's... yeah, uh, And then RLP. Yeah, so RLP really... <sighs> RLP messed me up in the sense that...
0: Like watching ours or doing it?
1: Uh, no, RLP doing it was terrible. But, <laughs> Who um, did you
0: have? Oh, God.
1: <laughs> Gunner Sergeant Bodette.
0: Oh! Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: shout out to Gunner Sergeant Bodette. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. She was not like...
0: She's, she's intense.
1: <sighs> yeah, she's a nice lady. Don't get me wrong. Man, she... Ugh, anyways, that's
0: Probably about. the scariest individual I've ever met in my entire life. Just, yeah.
1: But she's one of those ones. Like, she knew us putting out, and so she didn't care. So I that's awesome. You know
0: what I mean? I uh, had a Chief uh, no, Igwe. G-V. Yeah, Chief Igwe. I had him for all three of my inspections.
1: Oh, wow. That's not supposed to happen.
0: And it was funny because I had him for my NWU, and then I had him for six weeks and then I had him for RLP.
1: I'm almost positive I have a picture of him screaming at you during the yes. NWU inspection.
0: And it is classic, yeah. I showed it to him, and he was like, you've gotta be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it was funny because he came up to me after six weeks and he was like, did I have you for RLP? And I was like, yes, you've had me for everything. I feel like you literally, and it was funny because I, after I had him for RLP, I swore that he, okay, so I had him for NWU and I was like, homeboy is just out to get me. Mm. Then I had him for RLP, and it was interesting because during RLP he was so hard on me, and then after he comes up to me and he was like, "You got this. Why don't you believe in yourself?" And it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, he really wants me to succeed." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, not that like, but you know, when you're in yeah. the doc, you're just like
1: you get one track mind, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, and you're just like so afraid of messing up, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so it was really interesting because I had a mentoring set mentors session with him during candy and it was amazing yeah he's one
1: of the better ones yeah for sure
0: and it was so cool to like watch, you know and like watch it progress and all that kind of stuff but it was really interesting because i was like a hundred percent positive that like homeboy was like out to get me and then i talked to everyone about their inspections and i was like oh chief was helping me out like you would not even believe the questions he asked me for six weeks pulls up and he goes i had you for rlp and i said yes chief you did and he said is this your first time wearing khakis and i said yes chief and he goes what's it mean to you to put khakis on and i was like and then he goes so what what how long did it take you to join the navy and i was like oh you know like about a year and he's like so he asked me about my process Mm. and i'm like none of these are these none of these are charlie questions then he goes um tell me the 11th general order so i tell him and he goes so um what happens if i want to if I want to pass through you. Like, I'm I'm scary. Like, are you going to let me? And I was like, no, I won't let you. And he's like, are you sure? Because, like, I can I can be intimidating. It's a like, classic
1: TV question. And actually. I was like,
0: I promise you, I, I won't let you through. Like, I'll stay in my garden. He was like, all right, impressive. And then leaves. And I was like, what is going Sometimes on? Sometimes
1: it's just a conversation.
0: Yeah. And, and so that was, like, it was just very interesting because, like, that's when, one, I had, like, kind of, like, a change in me, like, my mental um, and, like, how I progressed through OCS. But, like, it was interesting to see, like, they really do care so much about us and want us to succeed.
1: Well, I mean, think about it from the sense of, like, they put so much time into you. Yeah. Like, of course I want you to succeed. Nobody, nobody, none of those RDCs, journal instructors go to work and we're like, I'm going to mess them up for no reason today. Like, no, they're just like, okay, here's a plan. This is how we're going to make it better. This is the end goal. Let's get it, you know? All
0: right, talk about how much we got messed up during indoc. <laughs> okay, we'll get
1: there. But uh, RLP, like, when y'all did RLP, like, I kind of... That's one of those ones that was a little harder for me because... I couldn't prepare y'all as much as I would have liked to. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, I couldn't step foot in y'all's room or your hatches. Yeah. Right. Y'all had to do it all yourself. I can only tell you like, fold it like this and yeah, that looks good. I guess, you Best know, of eyeballing it from the corner, like trying to get that perfect angle to see your wall locker. And you know, I can't see your beds and like, it's, it's, yeah. it's rough. And then I was uh, a recorder. So I was actually seeing it unfold and like, they were just destroying y'all. And like, Seeing how many of y'all were, like, failing or, like, how many of y'all were just, like, giving in or, like, being, like, stopped. Like, it killed me because I felt like I had failed y'all. Like, I didn't do a good enough job to prepare you for that. And, like, man, it was rough, dude. Like, I was just, like, this is insanity. Like No, because I
0: learned that that they have an X amount of number that they want to do retakes.
1: Maybe. Because,
0: like, I, like, I stood in on that conversation. No. Where, like, people literally were going to get... Failed and then it was they were one of the last people to like take it.
1: I just but uh, but yeah, watching the RLP from that side was rough. I was not a fan, I didn't like mm.
0: just because of like you know, but I i don't think we had that many failures. I think we had ended up having five, not even, not even five, maybe four, like at the end of the after retakes. Mm,
1: Don't remember,
0: we did not have that many, Mm.
1: but yeah, so that was, was not your fault, yeah, I just, yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah. You know, that side of the fence of all the events is wild. Like, it's just... What
0: was it like watching our NWU inspection?
1: <laughs> well, that one was a little, like... The, the best thing about the NWU inspection like, it's never going to go any other way than, than that. Than that. That's exactly how it's supposed to
0: go. One sixes. Listen to this. This was Staff Sergeant... Uh, who did... The, I'm blanking on who their Staff Sergeant was. Renteria. Was it was, Yeah, it was him. He was okay. my Staff Sergeant. So, he had them... Was it Ranty? Yeah, it was Ranty. Yeah, yeah, actually, right. that's who I was okay. reporting for. for all so, things. he had them bear crawl the length of the sandpit, mm-hmm. then get up, and they had to do exercises. And then they had to do exercises all the way down. So, like, they'd start here, and then everyone would be full. And so then the three, would, like, would be done at their ten minutes, and he'd go. They'd make them roll, and then do another exercise. And then more people would come, and then he'd roll, and you had to do exercises. I was like, it was probably one of the worst beatings I'd seen in a sandpit. They were... Disgusting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Stasarcha, he is real creative with that stuff.
0: I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah,
1: that's one of the like you know kind of going like on that whole when people getting like you know pushed and stuff like that. It's always interesting like because like y'all got pushed a lot.
0: We got pushed so much. And what was it like? Because I was like, there's no way that we are gonna get beat again, and we in fact would get beat again and again and again.
1: I think I'll remember this for the rest of my life because it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh damn, this might be my fault. Um, was y'all had got pushed for something, and it was Friday. Yeah, it was a Friday. Friday afternoon, you guys got pushed, and uh, one of the females and I can't remember her name, and she was like, "I can't to go to medical because I'm like hurt." And I was like, uh, "Unless it's an emergency room, I'm like you gotta wait till Monday." And She's like, "Well, do you think that we're get pushed?" And I was like, "There's no way in hell you're getting pushed again like this weekend." And then sure as hell, that next day it was y'all's jock push, and like in on the grinder she doctor O R'd. And I was. Who was that? I don't know. I can't remember it for the life of me. But I, like, I feel like, like, I feel like she figured out what was going on when you guys were standing on the grinder, and she was like, "This ain't it." And then like, I don't know, like I gave her a bad gouge or something. But that's gonna bother me for like the rest of my life.
0: I'm trying to think who that was. We had so many DORs. Yeah, you did. We it had was so pandemic is what it was. Yeah, I I did not realize we that we could have that many DORs. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, the and then I was. like, and then after being like, once I was a candio, realizing the process of a DOR, I was like, no wonder you guys hated us sometimes because we just DOR'd left and right.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was rough. Who
0: was your DOR bot?
1: We didn't have one. Oh. Because Chief Eway believed that everybody should know how to do it. Mm. But then she, Master Chief D didn't like that. She liked consistency and someone who knows who knows how to do is it, gonna make her life easier. So Yeah.
0: Who ended up being it?
1: Uh, I don't know. Okay. Be, so <laughs> i have no idea.
0: Uh, but yeah, no. I felt like we got pushed all the time. And it was it was it interesting, like watching it, because I I was in Knoxville, so I watched a lot of their beatings, and I would just sit there and I was like, I am trying not to like make a face. That's is- exactly
1: what I was about to say. That's the hardest part is I didn't know what to do. So if you like, I don't know if you remember. If you look, I I always just turned around and looked the other way. Like really? I was like, I don't. Let me just look well, around. Well, imagine.
0: Here being the PAO, and having people smile at you while they're getting beat. Oh, yeah. I was like, do you want to get beat some more?
1: That's what I used to love and hate about Casper. That dude was always <laughs> smiling when y'all were getting pushed. And I'm oh, like, he
0: loved it. He was like, you don't want to go to the beach? I love going to the beach. Casper,
1: <laughs> shut up, dude. Like, you're not helping.
0: Oh, I love Casper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I felt like we, we got beat left and right. And then I finally... I want say, like, second weekend, I just was like, this is life. This is what it's going to be like. And I finally accepted it. But I think what me the hardest, I think, beat was we got beat three times after first Friday. And Saturday morning when I woke up, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I've experienced pain like this.
1: Yeah. That was – um. what's funny is your class didn't try to throw us on that Saturday morning because it was like a like 15-minute thing. Like, hey, get my class ready. Like, what? Because we were doing – we did yeah,
0: – uh Training country familiarization. Yeah, out of nowhere. And normally we do it on that Monday. Exactly. And so I was like, okay, I have all weekend to like recover. And then all of a sudden they're like, we're going down. That's the what calendar. it was.
1: It wasn't jock push. It was. And I was bam. like,
0: are you kidding me right now? I yeah. was like, my body. I was like, I can barely walk down the stairs. My thighs are going to buckle.
1: Yeah. But hey, we got through it.
0: And then we got beat what? Three more times on familiarization. Mm-hmm. If not more.
1: Yeah, dude, that was, that was a lot. dude I was sitting there like, oh my God.
0: Yeah. That's, like, fr- Saturday night was by far the worst night I had at OCS. Thank heavens for VB for because I, like, went up to her and I was like, I want this so bad. I said, but my legs hurt so bad. I was like, what do I need to do? And she was like, just ice and roll, ice and stretch, ice and roll. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And, like, by Monday morning, I was, like, fresh again. And I was like, VB, I owe it to you. Thank you yeah, no, so it's, much.
1: Yeah. Man, yeah, it was rough. You all had a rough time with that. But, I mean, I think it just sets you up for a, to be a better class as a whole yeah like
0: talk about what you were talking to our class team about why we got beat so much
1: oh so when i asked that was one of the questions like at the end like right before i graduated i had a meeting with chief infield he wanted to talk to all of us on staff just saying hey you guys did a great job thank you for you know putting on the effort blah blah teaching them and i was like you know chief i have questions like oh what's up i was like why did you why did you push them so much like you know there was a million and five times where i was like so I tell them to stop? Like, this doesn't seem right or legal or like, <laughs> we're going to kill these guys, you know? And he was like, you know, sometimes it was, sometimes it was for something like that one time, while we're late or, yeah. you know. Or Bro, like, if
0: we were late, it was game over.
1: You, you, you owe me. You're going to yeah. owe me. You know? And uh, so I asked and he was like, you know, sometimes, you know, it was for this other guy, but a lot of times it's just because they're just that good. Like, you know, it's not yeah, a matter we of, you know, chill, <laughs> calm down. You know, uh, remember who your Kandios were? Uh, yeah, they were just that good. And so we just had to do something. We couldn't just let them not do anything. And so it's kind of that fear of God in their life. Like, even when they think they're doing everything right, you know, it's that complacency that kills. Yeah. So pushing all the time broke up that complacency.
0: And I feel like that's what he did because I remember, like, people got real up in arms about room inspections about you know and it's like i remember we probably every day we probably bore them like we probably drove them crazy with how many questions we had and so like something then finally chief goes if your bed's flipped just make it again he said i might walk in and it might be a mess or i might walk in and it might be great but i want you to practice and make your bed every day so i'm gonna flip it no matter what and we went
1: huh. yeah yeah
0: and so that they were very big about not getting place in. We got beat all up, all the way up to the day of graduation. The morning of graduation, we got beat because Gunnery Charger Girl goes, I will not let you get like this. That's fair. You know, and so it was it was interesting because, like, in the moment, you know, like weeks one through nine, you're like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? You know? And so for me, what I tried to do so much is, like, all the speeches I gave to my candies. I really tried to take after you, Flynn. <laughs> I gave so many speeches to them, and I said... I will try my hardest to tell you why. I will try my hardest to explain why, because it makes sense now as a candio. And I promise, if you can find the why and understand why you're doing this, OCS will be so good. And my candios graduate on Friday, so I'm really proud of them. Oh. Or my in-doc's graduate on Friday. Damn,
1: already. Yeah. I know, right? That
0: flies. Um, but like, truthfully, like once you learn why and you're able to rationalize, like why you're going through this, why is this being asked of you? I think it makes a world of a difference. Absolutely.
1: And it's something that, like, we always um, – that's, that's the kind of old Navy-like way of thinking. Like, uh, when I was, like, coming up in the Navy, you know, like, asking why was, like, a slap in your, you know, chief's face. Like, it doesn't matter why. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like
0: – I feel like it's the what new it, thing, though. Cause, yeah.
1: What does it hurt just saying, like, hey, this is a big picture? Nothing. Like, okay, that makes sense.
0: That was going Sergeant Guerrero's – one of his biggest advice to us was he said – That he was like that at first like you know when he first joined he was like you don't need to say why like you don't need to know just do it you know you're a junior like you're junior enlisted go do this he said but when he excuse me had those lessons and he goes when i got back from the drill field and i went he goes i realized that if i would take the extra 15 seconds and tell my junior enlisted why we were doing this and why this was being asked of us he said It was amazing the results I got, and he said, and that's what really changed him. Was he goes, yeah, that might be the old way of doing things is just do it and shut up because Mm -hmm. you're a junior enlisted, and this is what you're doing as I told you to do. But he said, the junior enlisted really wanted to know why, and if I could give that to them, it made my life so much easier.
1: You lose nothing; it's a a seamless transaction. Like, I mean, I feel like you know, it makes no sense. Like, it makes no sense why you would harbor that information. Like, dude, just. Give Them a reason, you're absolutely right, and don't forget that. Like, keep that back and there. so that's, that's hmm. what I
0: tried to like always tell my in why. Like, I really liked to give them talks when they were lined up outside the uh, Ney outside the Chow Hall, so like oh, when we man. were like walking back to uh, Nimitz when hey. they're like lined up, I'd always talk to them then.
1: I talked too much for that, I didn't have time,
0: <laughs> and so I always always try and talk to them then. One, because I always not I say always, I got yelled at like a couple times because they're like, You're being too nice, and I was like. I'm not supposed to be mean to them, mm. you know? And so I always just did it at the chapel because the staff wasn't there to tell me I was being too nice. One day um, I walk in and I always felt bad, you know, because you can't, they can't go anywhere without you, you know? Right. And so you're trying to teach the section leader how to do the procedures on the quarter deck. And so everyone's just standing there waiting, you know? And it was like, honestly, a week and a half in, so I thought that they would at least, like, walk up the stairwell, but they didn't, you know? So I finish with the section leader, and I see them, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, guys. Go ahead. Like, keep going upstairs. Like, you know, all of a sudden, Senior Chief Hoggood walks out, and she goes, candy out! And I'm like, oh
1: no.
0: Yeah. And I, like, walk in, and she starts yelling at me, and she's like, what did I just, you know? So she, like, goes in at me, and I'm just, like, standing there taking it, and it was so wild, because midway through, she's screaming at me. She flips the switch, and she goes, but, like, do you get what I'm saying, though? Like, do you? And I was, like...
1: Yeah, she's notorious for that.
0: What, but you know, but, like, and then she starts having a conversation, she she's, like, but, like, and, like, has, like, an actual, like, constructive, like, this is why you got to, you know, and things like that, and I was just, like, okay, and then it was funny, like, I walk up the stairs, you know, to make sure that they're, like, back in their hatches and stuff, and they're all, like, are you okay? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, um... <laughs> I have to say, like your class, I only got two demerits the entire time I was your your uh, your candio. We
0: we you guys were nice enough to do the demerit work yeah, in front I, of us. I mean, like I said,
1: if I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this because I want to make them, i to make them know I'm suffering a little bit. And <laughs> but so,
0: it was it was it was helpful to watch, and that's what I yeah. feel like I really appreciated with you guys as candios was you guys taught us things for us to learn, and it wasn't just like. I felt like a lot of times at OCS it can be like, do everything for yourself and not like for the good of the team, but I felt like you guys did a lot that had nothing to like help you. You know, it was very selfless. A lot of your guys' acts were selfless and for the better of our class, not you guys.
1: Like I always said, even like when I was there, as Candy can, and you know, I, like, the thing I said in my speech when I left was like... I just wanted to be better than my candyos were for me. Like, yeah. my candyos were incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. And I just... That's what they told us. They're like, be better than us. Yeah. And so that's what I tried to do. So I did everything that they did and then some. And then you took that and took that, that, and that, and added some. And so by the time we get to, you know, one, zero, tack, two, six, like, the product of candy should be through the roof.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, hopefully. And, keep I, consistent. and I feel
0: like that's, like, how it it's going, though, because I feel like that's all it takes, you know? Like... You don't realize, like, isn't there a saying about how, like, one butterfly flap can, like, cause, like... Yeah, a,
1: the butterfly flap, absolutely. You, you know, and so I
0: think sometimes that's how it can be. Like, you, one bad apple can ruin a bunch, but one good apple can really make an effect. And I think that's, like, what slowly happened at OCS was, like, slowly after slowly, it really did create this effect. Because I had my indocs come up to me and be like, thank you so much. Like, you have no idea how much you helped us yeah. and like what you did and so like it's cool to like see and then I'm like take that and do that for your inbox you know and how that can change everything
1: that's a wild part like even here be doing this for you right now like you reaching out like oh you know blah 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 and like talking about me in your previous podcast like I'm just doing what i was supposed to be doing you yeah. know what I mean like
0: but you don't realize like in the moment how much that can like actually yeah. affect and like change something
1: yeah but uh yeah I just like I said I just wanted to be better and on that note of being better like you know, the whole process of me being here as a you know, naval officer, being prior enlisted, I think one of my biggest attributing factors to wanting to be an officer is, um, I'll never forget it, I was an Eisenhower, and uh, my division officer, he was a pilot, no, I'm not going to name him, because I don't know <laughs> if he's still in and he's probably like an admiral by now, I don't know, that coming for me later, um, we were about to pull into port, and so, uh, me being the motivated second class that I was, I went ahead and started of rehabbing a bunch of our spaces before we pulled in, so when we pulled in, it was less work that we had to do. Yeah and so my guys work fucking or work through the night and stuff like that like on different shifts to like get stuff done and so uh, we pull in and like I'm writing up the work list and I take it to the our office and I'm like sir this is our work list chief okayed it you know blah and they had us getting out of work at like 1pm uh, like every day because we are just so ahead of schedule like for the yard period and stuff like that and he was like no nah, this isn't gonna work and I was like I'm sorry sir he's like this isn't no he's like you have he says here says, he you did all this stuff blah 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 I was like yes sir he's like do it again and I'm like Huh? And he's like, "Do it again." And I'm like, "But sir, it's done. These stations are like bare metal, like they're just ready to be primed and like rehab and stuff like that." And he's like, "I don't care. Do it again." I was, like, "There's nothing to do again. Like I don't." And so I look at my chief, and my chief was just kind of shrugging, and I'm like, "And I kind of did saying say anything. Like I kind of just made this face." And my um, lieutenant looks up at him, and he's like, "You don't like it?" And I was like, "Sir, I just don't understand it." And he's like, "So you don't like it?" And I was like, "No, sir, I don't like it." And he's like, "Good, because like, I'm glad you don't like it. Like, but you're not in charge here, are you?" And I was like. No, sir. And he's like, okay, so if you don't like the way that I'm running this division, then take my job from me. And I was like, excuse me? He's like, take my job from me. And I was like, okay. And so I turned around and left. And that, I think, was that concrete nail that just kind of drove it home for me that, like, I need to do better than this. Mm -hmm. And no disrespect to, like, current naval leadership because I've had some incredible naval leadership. But, like, there's always those few that just completely – throw it and I can't imagine how many times a sailor out there in the fleet's been discouraged to reenlist or to continue their you know naval service because one leader just completely threw a wrench in the engine yeah and so people ask me all the time well why'd you do it? you know why are you here or, you know why do you want to serve it's like I just want to be better than what I had because I know it's completely possible and the navy doesn't have to be this cutthroat you know quote-unquote man's man's navy and like oh no feeling like it can be charismatic. It can be kind. It can be soft without it losing any kind of operational readiness. Yeah. Caring about people is not a bad thing. Giving a damn about your sailors is not a bad thing. And taking care of your sailors is something that is expected, not an option.
0: I love that. So. Um, and it's funny that you say that. I don't know if you heard on the podcast. I can't remember if I went too into detail. But I had an experience where, when I was CO when I had um, somebody lie about the BRT. You know, Ooh, long story short. Rough. And I had to let go about it, you know. And so I thought what was going to happen to this person was the same thing that happened to the person in your class. I thought they were going to get a trident, you know. That's all I knew was you lie on the PRT, you get a trident. Yeah. And so I remember going into my lieutenant Duffy off my lieutenant's office and shout out to Lieutenant Duffy. He is hands down one of the best uh, naval officers I've ever met in my entire life. Cool like, dude, yeah. Like changed. For sure my outlook on a lot and like I want to be like him, you know? Absolutely. So I go into his office and like I'm pretty I'm pretty emotional, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like, oh my gosh, her naval career is on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know? And so we go through the whole thing, it ends up kind of getting dealt with. But when I walk in, I'm I'm literally on the verge of tears and as I'm telling him this, like I am starting to cry, you know, and I like calm down by the end of it. So when I went in for my uh the Peri vows to talk to um and I wanted to get mentored by him again after I was CEO to see, like, how I could improve and stuff like that. You know, they they praised me for how I handled it. And I said, well, I feel like one of the ways that I can do better is, like, not to get emotional. Like, I, I was upset that I, like, was was teary-eyed and was, like, you know, like, when your, like, throat gets all, you know. Yeah. And he and um, Chief and Bill were, like, well, no, like, it showed us that you cared, you know. And he's, like, obviously there's, like, a time and place, you know. He said, but don't let anyone think that, like, emotions can't be involved at all because if you never have emotions that's going to lead people to think that they can never have emotions and that we're not human but we are exactly and so it was very cool because i mean you know both of my class team like and like very you know and it was so interesting for them to be like emotions are normal and okay and that doesn't make you a bad leader it showed us that we cared and i was like did this just like did you you know and so that was really helpful for me because i remember almost getting upset with myself because i was so emotional about it and i i felt like it weighed so heavy on me but he was like no like it showed us a lot about you he's like yeah you know maybe there's going to be certain situations down the line that like if you're talking to admiral maybe you shouldn't be crying but he said like don't think that like having emotions is this bad thing because like you said. Sometimes we have people that leave the Navy because they meet somebody who has no emotions and can't take anything into account. And it's interesting because I think sometimes, like, I'm sure you've experienced where the mission, that's, like, so much the focus that you forget that there are so many, like, real world variables that have to be, like, put into play.
1: Yeah. No, like, you're absolutely right. It's not at all a bad thing of emotions. There's just a clear, decisive line as to where there's a point where... I think you're emotional and you start to blur lines mm-hmm. and you're clouded, your judgment gets clouded. And when you can't, quote unquote, keep it together enough to execute said mission, people, unfortunately, get hurt or die. Yeah. And so you're right. Care. Like care the hell. Like, yeah, absolutely. Have emotions, you know. Be sad. Be happy for your sailor and stuff like that. But don't be emotional to the point where you cannot effectively do your job.
0: Yeah. And so I think that's interesting because I think a lot of times when you think of the military, you think of it as – black or white you think of either having no emotions or ruining the mission because emotions got in the way but in almost all of life there's so much gray and that like having that will in fact help my sailors more than hurt them you know it will show that I care for them and that I'm not like cold-blooded and that was something that I felt like it was cool to learn OCS was I think sometimes I'm sure you've probably seen it like with women, I feel like it's hard to figure out what our leadership style is gonna be, you know, Mm. because we're we're expected to be one way, or expected to be another way. But for me, like I realize like I'm not gonna yell at anybody. That's not going to be the way that I do leadership.
1: You think that
0: (laughs) but like but for me I've been able to see (laughs) that like I can still gain respect, I can still have my task get done, my sailors still respect me and do what they need to do the way I do it. And I think obviously not everyone can do it that way. But at the same time, I think it's been cool to like learn that the Navy can be built up of so many different leadership styles and whatever works for you is able to work. And so I feel like that's like been a cool experience for me because I think sometimes at OCS you see, because it's a training environment, a very like one-sided way of leadership. But then like as you slowly go on through, you see their like real side, I think sometimes.
1: And that's where I think I get envious of, like, the non-priors is, um, like, the hardest part, and now even it's going to be amplified. This is actually one of the most worried things, I'm or things I'm worried about the most about being, like, in an actual, like, division officer role now. And, like, some advice for y'all here um, is when I made – when I went from third class to second class was the hardest point in my naval career because I went from hanging out with um, all my guys who were also third classes who were, like, E3 and below because mm-hmm. you were just – Junior listed, you junior enlisted, you yeah. stick together, you know, there's 50 of us and like we have nobody else to hang out with out here. So, but when I made second class, I was now a working like manager role mm-hmm. and I can no longer associate with them in that fashion. And that was the hardest thing for me because these are people that I deployed with. These are people that I saw every single day. And like they crashed on my couch, I crashed on their couch. I went and picked them up because they drank too much. You know, yeah. like, these are things that I did for them or, you know, we did together because that's just who we were. And then I was told like, Hey, you can't do that anymore mm-hmm. because that's the expectation. And so now there's a very fine line you're gonna have or I'm gonna have to walk, everybody has to walk at some point where you wanna be liked so bad by your subordinates. Mm -hmm. Because nobody wants to be disliked. We're very social creatures. But you want to understand that you have a job to do and the second you give them that little bit of play, that little bit of edge, they're gonna run with it. Yeah. So just a little bit of advice, just walk that line very, very carefully and know the difference between like kindness and like weakness and don't let them take advantage because sailors are sneaky as hell. And I <laughs> promise you if they think they can get edge, they will.
0: Really? So. And I love the quote that you gave us where you, um, you, I think it was either before first Friday or fast cruise. And I ended up telling it to my indocs cause it like changed my life so much. Is, uh, when you yeah. said, don't pray for an easier life, pray to be strong Yeah, and pray to be strengthened. And it really changed my outlook because I think so much we can be like, Hey God, take this trial away from us. Like I don't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah. But like truthfully, if we pay for strength, we're gonna be so much more grateful that we're able to overcome that obstacle. And so I was really grateful for all of your motivational speeches and how much you like hyped us up because it really truly made us believe in ourselves. When I feel like at OCS, you can really doubt yourself. And that was something that I thought a lot about when I was um, a Candio. We we had a girl, um, DOR, and she was a prior. And I said, look, this is the biggest thing I learned at OCS. OCS amplifies your weaknesses to like the extreme. I said, but you have so many strengths. I said, so just because your weakness is being amplified right now does not take away that you have strengths. And so that was a big thing that I felt like I learned throughout OCS was my worth is not defined by, like, my run score or how well I do in this test. That, like, I have strengths and I'm going to be able to be a good naval officer no matter what my weaknesses are. And so that was, like, really cool. And I felt like because of how much you believed in us and, like, how the candios helped us really put us, like – a step forward versus a step back for like our time at OCS.
1: Yeah. I said it every chance I had, like y'all came there for a reason. You all know, we're all given the opportunity. Don't waste it. So go do the damn thing. I'd say I'm proud, but or I'd say, go make me proud. But I already am. So.
0: <laughs> I love yeah. that. Okay. To close, is there anything else that you feel like you want to talk about or any advice or things you've learned now that you've hit the fleet or what's um, oh, been like Cool. Is it fun to like, be saluted? Is it weird? No, oh, it's so weird. So, I'll be
1: walking down the street, and like, they'll salute me, and I'll be like, what the hell's behind me? i like, oh, right, it's me. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. Just, just do the damn thing, man. Whether you think you can or think you can't, or remember that a broken clock is right twice a day, so just do the damn thing. You got oh, it.
0: That's nice. Okay, last thing. What are you most looking forward to being on DDG? 94. 94.
1: Uh, what am I looking forward to the most? Just being on your way, man. I love being out this sea. The sunsets, the moon rises, the stars. Was the it food? Fun? Yeah. Life makes sense out there. We're sailors, we belong out to sea, don't ever forget that. I like That's that. All I got. Thanks for having me. Had a great time.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.